Hello and welcome to my latest podcast. Uh, today's podcast is going to be about the redress scheme for mother and baby homes and it is my open letter to the Shanath Erin. Dear Shanath Dori, I have written to you recently about the passage of the Mother and Baby Home Institutions Payment Scheme Bill of 2022, which has now left the Doyle and moves on to the next stage of the bill through the Shanath Erin. I have produced this letter directly for you to read and where time allows for you to listen to it through my podcast. You will recall that when I first wrote to you about this important bill, I provided a set of amendments which I believe could be introduced to the bill as a set of agreed Senate changes. My proposed amendments simply provides an opportunity for a greater clarity, transparency and inclusivity within its provisions. What my amendments do not do is a alter the scope of the provisions of the bill and b they provide no additional financial calls upon the public purse. It is these two factors that will be uppermost in the minds of the Senatore when considering the next stages of the passage of the bill. The purpose of my intervention is to seek a vehicle that will bring a greater consensus to the bill, a wider recognition of a community at large, and a reasonable level of accountability. My amendments simply create a requirement that at any stage where onward regulations are made, then those responsible for creating those regulations should give due consideration to certain categories. My amendments do not impose a deeper obligation other than the act of consideration. You will know that the passage of the bill has created considerable angst both within the Doyle and at large. And the imperfections presented to you carry with it a lack of general consensus and indeed deep frustration. In fact, in my message to you, I highlighted my experience through legislative and other instrument creating processes, whereby the lack of consensus simply creates an instrument that remains problematic. And this requires future generations of politicians to correct those issues. Now, I accept that perhaps with regards to the wider community at large, and indeed some politicians, my amendments may be unwelcome or not presenting the full benefits that should be accrued to many. But it is an odd scenario, isn't it, that I have proposed amendments to this bill that still does not provide any benefit to my late father or late grandmother who died before the official date of the state apology. My amendments are not about my own individual family's angst or grief, but look toward a recognition of people and of the desire to enable a political and social consensus. I would hope that you will agree 
that whilst the remiss of the bill provides a benefit to many, the debate about so many others will continue for many years to come. What better way to prepare for the future than to lay the path for the consensus to come, a consensus that will have its roots in my proposed amendments? I appreciate that I am perhaps as a kilter with many I know, each of whom I hold in deep respect, but I feel most deeply and personally that the greatest changes in our societies come about when we sit, listen, consider, and find a common ground to move forward, because surely consensus is the key definition of the public good. Whilst I have spoken with many who appear to be in despair with recent events in the Doyle, what has surprised me is how many have so little faith in the Shunnoth itself. I can see the controversy that surrounds your chamber, but I do not subscribe to the notion that it is a chamber that simply nods things through, or that it is simply a talking shop. In the lifeblood of the nation, it is clear that Shunnoth Erin has played a vital role in the legislative life of Ireland, whatever its claimed imperfections. To secure a greater understanding of the lifeblood of the Shenneth, I am greatly indebted to Brian Murphy, a former student at UCD, who within UCD's History Hub published an article entitled We Should Not Willingly Walk Into a Constitutional No-Man's Land. Through this article, we can see a wider discussion about the nature, structure and the problems of the reform of the Shenneth but also references to the positive aspects of its work is laid bare for all to see. So if we start from the basis of Bruton's quote that the Shanath was a, quote, watchdog that barks only once every 50 years, we can begin to see Murphy's own deconstruction of that claim. The Shanath will know the various milestones of its contribution to national life, through their interventions on potential legislative overrides of the Irish Constitution, in the School Attendance Bill of 1942, the Third Amendment of the Irish Constitution Bill of 1958, the Pawnbrokers Bill of 1964, the Electoral Amendments Bill of 2000, the National Vetting Bureau for Children and Vulnerable Adults Bill, the Credit Union Bill, and the Personal Insolvency Bill. Murphy quotes from de Valera's comments in the 1937 debate over the draft constitution, in which de Valera stated, That measure will go to the Senate. The Senate will consider it and may amend it. Generally, I would take it, if the Second House does its duty as mainly a House of Revision, because its powers of delay are very limited under this constitution, we will get between the two houses a certain amount of agreement. Now I too have also been greatly indebted to the support structures of the Oroctus, who have guided me on my own journey to understand the processes of the Shanatheran through its constitutional structure 
and its own standing orders. I believe that it is entirely possible for the Shannon to consider the great controversy of the Institutional Redress Bill and take the time to consider the issues that have raged for so long outside its chamber. In amongst the hundreds of amendments it delivers in each session of the Oroctus, it is time to perhaps reflect on those controversies and determine a middle ground intervention for this bill. A middle ground that does not alter the scope of the bill or adds extra fiscal calls on the public purse. I sincerely hope that you will give due regard to my amendments and I stand ready to speak with you directly and offer any help I can to deliver that certain amount of agreement or indeed a consensus to make this not a perfect bill but a better bill. A better bill that will give hope to the many left behind by these awful institutions. Now that would be indeed a fine achievement for the Shanath Aaron. Yours sincerely, Frank Brehenny. Son of Francis Brehenny, who died in 2001, late of the true mother and baby home for five years, and then subjected to boarded out, hired out arrangements until he was 18 years of age. Also grandson of Mary Brehenny, who only had one child and who died in 1972. She was an inmate of the Lockray County home for an estimated period of six months, gave birth in Galway Central Hospital and remained there for 10 days with her son, was an inmate of the Chewham Mother and Baby Home for one year, and was then thereafter an inmate of the High Park Magdalen Laundry in Dublin for a total of 40 years and 13 days. Thank you.